Greetings and welcome to the Diz 10. I'm Buzz Bradley and I will be your host. The setup for this show is simple. In each episode, we will be revealing 10 interesting facts about any topic related to Disney, including any of its properties, real or intellectual, the people who made it all possible, and any other topic we see fit. I hope you find the information and show enjoyable and will come back and listen to future episodes. So with that said, let's begin with today's subject. The subject for episode one is Walt Disney's hometown of Marceline, Missouri, where Walt found the magic. Number 10. Number 10 starts at the very beginning of Walt's story in Marceline, and that is with his dreaming tree, a large cottonwood tree that was located on the family farm. Walt would sit under this tree while babysitting his little sister Ruth, drawing any animal that would scurry by, including sometimes baby deer that looked just like Bambi. When animals weren't around, they would roll over on their stomachs for what they called a belly botany session, where Walt would sketch all the interesting bugs that he could find. Now, Walt's trees faithfully stood on the farm until May 28, 2015, surviving many bug infestations and multiple lightning strikes. It, however, fell during that windstorm on that fateful May day. But all was not lost. In 2004, knowing the tree had seen better days and would someday fall, a seed from this tree was taken and planted by Walt Disney's grandson, Bradford Disney, just a few steps from the original tree, using soil and water that came from the Disney parks to bring all of Walt's worlds together. Number 9. While in Marceline, Walt would get his first taste of success as an artist. Walt would sell his first drawing ever to his next-door neighbor, Doc Sherwood. Now, this drawing was a picture of Doc's horse, and Walt was paid 25 cents for it. Now, Walt would later say that on his way home, he had never squeezed a coin so tightly. He was so proud of himself, he just couldn't wait to get home and tell his mother. Number 8. Now, with the money that Walt received from his drawing, he went into town and saw a traveling production of the show Peter Pan. Well, Walt fell in love with this story. So much so that later on, while in elementary school, Walt tried out for and got the lead role of Peter Pan in their school production. Now, always wanting to wow his audience, Walt, with Roy's help, decided that they would try to make a rope and harness system that would create the illusion of flight for Walt. While the idea was good, the execution wasn't. Halfway through the first performance, the harness would snap and Walt would end up being thrown out into the first two rows of the theater. Now, this was greeted with lots of laughter and and even a little applause because no one was hurt and it was very funny and cute. But it was this performance in Peter Pan that would later fuel Walt's desire to produce an animated version of Peter Pan. Number seven. After getting a small taste of success with his drawing, Walt decided he'd continue on this entrepreneurial path by putting on a show in the family barn for all the local kids. The price of admission was 10 cents, which was quite a bit back then, especially for small children. The show started off with a bang, a large bag of kittens that sprung out to the delight of the children, running around and playing with them, creating shrieks of delight. However, the rest of the show was less than dramatic, and soon the children demanded their money back. Walt refused. But after a talk with his mother, Flora, that all changed. Walt's mom, Flora, told him this. Walt, if you're going to charge people for a show, then it should be of the highest quality leaving the audience not only impressed, but thinking they got more than they paid for. This one conversation that Walt had with his mother would set up the foundation of all of Walt's business beliefs, including how customers should be treated. Number six, Walt would owe a lot of his future ideas to life on the farm. Walt loved animals and wouldn't even hurt the tiniest of bug if he could help it. He would always try to make friends with animals on the farm, including one time a little bitty runt pig named Skinny, that he had to bottle feed. 
Now, once this pig got bigger and healthier, it would follow Walt all over the farm just like a dog. It was sort of like Walt's little best friend. Another animal that Walt was uh, fond of was this chicken. Now, I'm not sure of the chicken's name, but Walt swore that this chicken would lay eggs on command for him and only him. But the best animal of all was a big old pig named Porker. Now, Walt, being too small to ride any of the horses that were on the farm, would ride Porker around the farm instead. Now, eventually, Porker would get tired of having Walt riding around on his back, so Porker would take Walt down to the pond and flip him off, usually landing him right inside the water's edge, leaving Walt wet and muddy. Another animal-related memory Walt had from his days on the farm was of his neighbor's farm. Now, to get to school each day, him and his sister and Roy would have to travel across their next-door neighbor's farm. Well, in this field was a giant bull that some days would leave him alone, but other days they would have to run as fast as they could to escape his fury. It was these memories, along with others, that would inspire Walt's live-action movies and cartoons throughout his life, including his famous Three Little Pigs and Ferdinand the Bull shorts. Number five. Anyone who knows Walt knows he loved his trains. The seed for this love was planted in Marceline. Walt's Uncle Mike lived close by and was an engineer for the Santa Fe Railroad that traveled through the Marceline train station that would later become the Walt Disney Museum. Walt's uncle would tell him all about how wonderful trains were and how they worked and their their top speeds, and Walt was truly fascinated, hanging on every word. It was this love for trains that would actually end up being one of the pivotal reasons why Disneyland was ever built. Number four. Walt truly loved Marceline, Missouri. But what most people don't know was that Walt only lived in Marceline for roughly four years. Walt would speak so fondly of these years and hold them with such high regard that most people, including his own daughters, thought he had grown up there and spent his entire childhood playing around and growing up in Marceline. But in reality, it was just a very short time, but a very impactful time. Number three. In 1956... Walt and Roy were invited back to Marceline for the dedication of the Walt Disney Municipal Swimming Pool. This was considered a huge deal for Marceline, and the town folk took it very seriously. Since the nicest hotel in town was considered less than adequate for the Disneys by most, they decided to put Walt, Walt's wife Lillian, and Roy all up in a newly constructed house in town that had air conditioning. This was very important because most buildings did not, including the hotel. However, the furnishings and flatware that were in this house were still considered not up to snuff for the likes of Walt and Roy, so the best furnishings and flatware were brought in from different homes all around town. The homeowners would later say that after being with Walt and Roy for just a few minutes, they knew that they had gone through all that trouble for nothing, that they were just two good old country boys at heart who loved Marceline. Number two, when you walk into any Disney park, The first themed land you enter is Main Street, USA. What some people don't know is that it was modeled after Walt's memories of Marceline, Missouri. Several actual existing buildings in Marceline were copied, but the rest were designed from Walt's childhood impressions, imagination, and his creative mind. And the rest? They were filled in by Imagineer Harper Golf with his recollections of his own hometown of Fort Collins, Colorado. Walt loved his perfect little Main Street in Disneyland, but would go on to spend the rest of his life trying to recreate and share the feeling that he got inside when he reminisced about growing up in Marceline. Before I move on, I want to read you a quote from Walt Disney that should help explain the thinking behind number one. Walt is quoted as saying, There will come a time when a child won't know what an acre of land is or what happens when you put a seed in the ground. It was this way of thinking that created number one, so with no further delay, we come to number one. The Marceline Project 
During Walt and Roy's 1956 visit to Marceline, while spending time at their old farm, school, and town, they decided to put into motion a plan that would have forever altered the Disney Corporation's future, the future of Marceline, and most likely the entire future of the state of Missouri. What most people don't know is that during their visit, while reconnecting with their roots, Walt and Roy realized that someday, rural America could be lost and only cities would fill our great nation's lands. That a way of life, farm life to be exact, which Walt had built up in his own mind, would be forever lost. So Walt got it in his head that America was losing touch with its rural roots. And this time, with the full support of Roy, Walt decided to act on it. So to preserve the memories of their ideal America, they put into motion their plan and purchased 300 acres, which included the Disney family farm just outside the center of town. The land would be used for an agricultural learning center, large theme park, and hotels. And so was born the Marceline Project. This became a passion project of Walt's that he worked on for over 10 years. Plans were drawn up, the financials were all put into place, research was done, and even the governor of Missouri had agreed to build a four-lane highway directly to Marceline. Everything was looking good, and it looked like the Marceline project would become the Walt Disney Company's second theme park, or second gate as they are currently referred to as. Unfortunately, with the quick and untimely death of Walt Disney, the project died with him. The plans for the theme park were scrapped, and all but 40 acres of the land was sold off. The 40 acres that was kept included Walt's dreaming tree, Walt and Roy's boyhood home, and their family barn. The loss of Walt was devastating to Marceline as a town, as the company pretty much cut all ties with Marceline after Walt's death, choosing to concentrate on Walt's other large projects, which included the Florida Project, which would become Walt Disney World, and Cal Arts, which would later educate many of Disney's future artists and Imagineers. Well, that concludes this episode, episode one of the Diz 10. Thank you for listening. I hope you not only learned something, but were entertained as well. We would like to thank some of our sources for this information, Missouri Life Magazine, Mouse Planet, and the Connecting with Walt podcast, a podcast I highly recommend for anyone who would like to delve deeper into Walt's life. Now, in conclusion, I leave you with a very simple quote from the man himself, Walt Disney. I was just a farm boy from Marceline who hid behind a duck and a mouse. Walt liked to keep it simple and so did we. Thanks for listening and until next time, I'm Buzz Bradley. May every day be magical and may all your dreams come true.